oh my god have you ever lost money to a bank have you ever been charged for receiving money because that is the new things that banks are doing right now they charge you for receiving money into your account they give you a very bad customer service no access to loan atm withdrawal errors why are you still in the traditional banking system you need to get enlightened haha <laughs> Hey there, what's up man? If you listen for the first time, my name is David Dante Frank. I am the host of this beautiful podcast show, The Uncomfortable Truths, where we talk about blunt and harsh truths, truths that can be very difficult and unappealing to accept. I am a software product engineer, content creator, and a podcaster. Now on today's episode, guys, we are taking a look at traditional banking and the digital banking system. And to look at this with me is a wonderful guest in the name of Mary Masuen, a fintech lawyer. Now, I have been personally plagued by the traditional banks. They charge me a lot, they are hidden charges, sometimes my accounts run in the negative. And let's be honest, their saving system is just whack, total whack. I mean, what is the interest rate you ever receive on it, except maybe you do a fixed deposit. I mean, you talk about it. If we could go out there and ask people what are their experiences, I'm sure that you would hear very horrible banking experiences. I know I have heard of terrible experiences, but come on, there is a solution out of all those problems. And that is what we are about to talk about on this episode today. So stay tuned and join us in as we look at the traditional end digital banking system and please do listen to the end of the episode because we have got a lovely gift for you guys man mary masway has a gift for you she is the host of the fintech podcast and she came on board with a gift for you she didn't come empty-handed so trust me you want to stay till the end of the episode because there are only four slots available and do you know how many listeners i have listening to this episode so if you're one of those lucky listeners good for you now guys let me stop talking and allow you guys to listen All right, so um, thank you, Mary, for agreeing to um, do this interview with me. Um, I have been psyched about it since I thought of it because you were just the perfect person to have a discussion with on this subject. And I haven't even picked out a topic yet. Um, the topic I'm having in mind is traditional banking versus digital banking. That's how I'm thinking of putting yeah, it nice. together. Yeah, that's so good. That's a good one. It's a good one, but yeah i was thinking about mm-hmm. that let me, leave, let me leave that let me leave that topic you know hanging in there well um yeah or you can you can make it sensational like traditional banks suck here's why <laughs> oh yeah that that's another one that's a good one that's a good one traditional banks do suck they do they do a lot <laughs> okay so um i was i was looking up your profile for a while and um i think one thing that stands out to me is the fact that you're a tech lawyer and I think yeah. the, first time, the first time that we met, which was um, back in, this is 2021, I was back in 2018 or 2019. 2019, 2019, 2019 yeah. yeah. Honestly speaking, do not laugh at me, but honestly speaking, that was my first time of meeting a tech lawyer. I was like, really? Especially wow. when I had, yeah, like tech lawyers. I'm like, huh, tech lawyers, what do they really do? I'm like, okay. Uh, that's a totally different conversation because like there's really nothing too special about tech lawyers i mean i guess the real like the real tech lawyers who have like tech law in their hearts they're the kind of lawyers that like don't wear suits and tie maybe that's the only difference (laughs) okay but like i mean we are lawyers anyway so i mean i don't i'm a kind of 
of a weird lawyer and I love saying that because I mean I do things really strangely <laughs> um, maybe I could like share a couple of stories on that but um, yeah I mean law is law and tech law is fun so I guess it just shows in one's personality sometimes when you're you know yeah tech is fun so I mean it should show up mm, that's that's nice please do tell us a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do First of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, and I'm so excited to be here. So yeah, I'm Mary, and I am a tech lawyer. Um, but on the other side, I'm also into content marketing. So I've been into um, content marketing, social media user psychology for over a decade now, and um, wow. I am a... I'm the host of the FinTech X podcast. So I talk a lot about um, FinTech, FinTech apps, people's experiences yeah. with um, personal finance and FinTech. So my love and interest in user psychology and you know finance just got translated into the aspect of FinTech. And um, that's why I really enjoy like studying FinTech apps. So that's what I do, um, but like, Professionally, I am a lawyer, but I do more of um, marketing and branding um, at the moment. Oh, wow. That's lovely. Um, I currently have a job as a content creator. Oh, that's fun. I mean, content creators are like the superheroes right now and like what? jobs will always come through. Um, um, I feel that they're the most underrated though, which is really sad because like yeah. from today till we die, content will be always flowing like you need content for everything we everyone consumes content so like content on a daily basis creators are so underrated and it's really sad yeah oh my gosh like and the worst part of it all is that people who are not content creators like they who don't um create content as, as a living they, people look down on them which is really sad yeah it, it is it is it is um i think my journey but my journey as a content creator has been has been eventful you know learning to manage pages think about the whole content creation um a lot of uh, myths and ideas that i have have been um debunked you know and i think it's a great way to connect with people um I have been connecting with a lot of people on Facebook, but uh, some of them, in fact, eh, damn, yeah. <laughs> you know, there are some people that you connect with and they begin to send you very funny messages. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, um, like on LinkedIn, the thing that surprised me the most was when, like, I would get all these messages like, hey, you're so fine, can we go out? And I'm like, yo, this is LinkedIn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> not tinder <laughs> as long as yeah. the platform is available they just want to pick up people from anywhere you know i think one even one people called me i was on my phone i was attending to a meeting or something and then i got a video call from a random person on facebook okay i have never met this what? dude before i have never spoken to him before i think he he sent me a friend request at one time i accepted but i have never given his profile a two-second look really mm -hmm. and then he just was calling up on facebook video call and i'm like how do you call people up just like that without a prior notice nothing <laughs> oh my gosh like no online etiquette i had to send out him and i had to tell him you don't call people like that without a prior notice especially people that you don't know you haven't even conversed with in any way no hi yes. no head you just come True. up 
I mean, my data is always on yes, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm on Facebook. So even exactly. if it was online, it doesn't mean you should just suddenly now um, call me up or something, you know? And the same thing goes yeah. for the ladies who actually reach out to you. And for those who are leading, you are listening. And see, I'm not one of those guys that just because you're a lady and you have a fine face um, and bamboozled, I like not the work. <laughs> put up a fine picture and tell me I want to call you. Like, okay, why do you want to call me? What's the purpose? Say nothing. I said, I'm sorry, you can't call me then. <laughs> yes, I love this. We need to normalize this. <laughs> you can't call me sorry like why why would you call me <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and like it, you're right it you need to start creating conversation first and then but if you want to call a person from the very first day you connect you need to ask permission like exactly. it's just like you don't barge in a random into a random person's house it doesn't happen it is until that person feels comfortable with you being mm -hmm. around them. That's when you get the permission to come in. Like always ask for permission. Exactly. Always ask for permission before you do such a thing. I mean, I don't know. Well, different strokes to different folks anyway. So uh, <laughs> on the subject of, on the subject of banking, you know, um, I was thinking when, when we look at traditional banking, when the traditional banking system came up, you know, um, what, what was the purpose of um, the traditional banking system? What were they or what did they set out to achieve? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. And, you know, that question actually reminded me of uh, when I was in school. So I did law of banking when I was in the university. So that yeah. was actually one of the questions that they ask in our tests, like history of banking. <laughs> So if my law of banking lecturer is listening to this, you know, I hope I don't disappoint him. <laughs> but like the main purpose behind banks really is people needed a safe place to keep their money. Um, yeah. For one reason or another, keeping your money at home was not a wise thing to do. And so they needed a place to keep their money safely. And so it all started with an institution opening up. So these were, um, first of all, I think goldsmiths. So they, like when you go back into the history of banking, I think there were goldsmiths who were keeping people's um, gold for them. So whenever somebody would come to that institution and keep their gold with them, they would take records of um, how much gold was being deposited, under whose name it's being deposited and all that. Um, over time, the this whole system of keeping money for other people evolved such that when you keep money with the banking institution, they give give you some sort of um, reward or return for right. keeping their money. That's where we get interest rates from, like interest for keeping yeah. for you know saving your money. And then um, from there, it evolved from the bank merely just keeping your money to also lending money to other people. And um, you know when they lend, it's always like you have to pay an interest on the money that um, was lent to you. So it's yeah. just, it, that is how banking really evolves. So from lending, we now have the modern way, which is um, we now, we, you not only borrow money from a bank, you also can get your um, dollar, you can um, buy stocks. I mean, depending on the bank, um, you could like, you know, invest in mutual funds, of course, depending on the bank as well. So banking has evolved to, that stage so it's 
like a historical thing, but it all started with people looking for a place, a safe place to keep their money. Wow, that's that's uh, that's really that's really interesting. But I think yeah, it was interesting at that point. But uh, what can we say went wrong? Because we can say that a lot of us are frowning towards um, traditional banks now. I know I am very unhappy towards them. They are. <laughs> Big, 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 huge pain in the ass. I mean, the charges, deductions, I mean, and then the so-called interest rates, like the interest rate that you mentioned now, they are like, um, I think peanuts will even be better. If I think if someone <laughs> gives peanuts, it'll be much better than what the bank um, gives. And I, I have been banking with, um, sorry, I will call their name GTB. And I don't think I've ever received anything called an interest rate. <laughs> Ah, oh my gosh. Yeah, GTP has this reputation of being problematic. I think Access Bank joined them later on. Oh, those that is um what, what do you call the head of witches? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's outside my department. <laughs> that's Access Bank for you. If Access Bank oh was the largest banking institution in the world, I would dig a ground and keep my money in it. That's deep. That is really deep. I, I that really, is really deep. <laughs> I will dig a ground and then keep my money in there. Okay, then we see how this thing called polo, abi, or coco. Whether you would put it in there, after I break it out and then get the money oh, out. Oh, colo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, um, I was having a conversation with my dad and I was saying with all the interest rates, with like, you know, the interest rate is really nothing to write home about. I hope I'll get into all the numbers soon. But like um, the bank charges alone is just really insane. You keep money in the bank because, OK, it was sometime in 2018 when I was doing my NYSC. So, you know, yeah. NYSC, they give you a bank um, like they assign you to a bank that you could use. So the bank that they assigned me was um, UBA. So Lucky. that was, I was, so it was like, okay, this is a new bank. So it's only Alawi that enters in this, in this account. And I started like paying attention to the text messages that UBA would send. So you would yeah. see like um, card maintenance. Okay. And then you see another one, maybe like you withdrew some money to say, um, it would duck like, um, all these um, bank charges, um, account maintenance, SMS fees. And I'm like, wait a minute. If I were to put 10,000 Naira and say, okay, I'm going to put 10,000 Naira for a year, like just drop 10,000 Naira in April. That means by the end of the year, that 10,000 Naira, because of all these charges, would probably be probably end up to 7,000. So I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, wait, wait a minute. I'm actually... I have a bank account because I want to save and I want to make sure that by the end of the month or, you know, after a particular period of time, I should have like, my money should be more than the way I left it. But yeah. when you think of all the charges, you just be like, that means by the end of the year, my money will be way less than the way I left it. I mean, and we're not even talking about, in, we're not even talking about inflation rate right now. That is, we're talking purely about the bank charges. I mean, inflation rate alone is really insane. I think in January of this year, inflation rate was around 16%. And then now, I think it was March or so, that it went as high as 17.33%. 
So for mm. those who are listening and who don't know what inflation rate is, it's like, okay, so I like breaking it down to, so it'll be really easy to understand. So yeah. inflation rate is really like the increase in price of a, a, um, a group of commodities. So we all know that the, what, what, like the rice that we're buying now from the market, right? Rice yeah. now, the price of rice now is way I higher than it was three years ago. So that tells you the level of inflation in the country. So let us assume that three years ago you were earning a hundred thousand and now you're earning a hundred thousand. The amount of rice you would be buying now will be way less than what you could have bought, what you were able to buy three years ago. So that difference is your, is the inflation. So now inflation rate affects your purchasing power. So what does that mean? Let's say you're earning a hundred thousand Naira and you could buy five items. But when the inflation rate goes up, that hundred thousand Naira can only buy you two items. So okay. it affects your purchasing power. Yeah. So now you're saving money in the bank and the interest rate is okay. So a normal traditional bank, the interest rate is between two to 3% on a savings account. And I think five to 6% on a fixed deposit account. Mm. So like compare, if you compare two to 3% with the 17.33%, you know that, yo, okay, I'm not good at math, but if you're going to minus two from 17, you know that it's going to be negative something. What's the negative? I'm so that means, I've, yeah, ah. that means the price in the market is eating into your savings. Mm -hmm. That means the interest rate that you're, you're like the interest you're receiving from your bank, from your bank is not enough to cover the inflation. So that means you're still, um, you're, you still have to eat into your savings in order to buy the, your basic necessities. So when I realized this in 2018, I was like, oh my gosh, there must be a way around this. Like it's, it's just so bad. And now, okay, the bank gives you peanuts, <laughs> like you said earlier, two to 3%. And you have, you're actually facing 17.33% in the market. It just doesn't make sense. That's minus, and I'm not even including the bank charges. Four Naira per SMS, 10 point, I think 26 Naira for withdrawing from, for withdrawing from a different bank yeah. um, to the tune of 5,000 and below. And if you're mm -hmm. withdrawing like more than 5,000, it's like, What's is like 26 naira or so, if I'm not mistaken. Oh no, 56 naira, 20, 56 naira, 20, 26 kobo. Okay. So I had to pay attention to all these numbers. And when I realized it wasn't adding up, I was like, nah, this bank thing isn't working. That means it is. So I was telling my dad that it is better for me to keep my money under my mattress than for Damn. me to keep it in a, in a bank because my mattress will not, um, will not charge me, uh, men maintenance fees <laughs> or SMS charges. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> the, the only thing I'll be facing is the inflation. Exactly. Because it just feels that at some point in time, we are now paying the bank to keep our money for us, to hold our money for us. There is no benefit. And I think where my where my head, where it really sparked up for me was when you're now deducted or you're now charged for receiving funds into your account. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um um stamp duties. And that was when I had to say, no, 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 no. I can't take this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. So somebody sends me money. So if I have, if my account is empty, then, um, and then somebody sends me money, as in like, okay, let's say you send me 5K, then mm -hmm. I now have 
4,940 something naira and about 50 something naira is deducted for receiving money. For receiving. <laughs> wow. I mean, that that's seriously, that's seriously crazy. Yeah, it that's, is crazy. And um, all of these, all of these made me start looking into other systems that one could use. And I started doing a lot of, I started doing a lot of research on my own, um, started asking questions here and there. And boom, digital banking came up and I stumbled upon digital banking. And yes. uh, I would say, I would say it's, it's really been great. But the, the thing is, I have noticed that a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I am not referring to the much more older generation. A lot of people in our time uh, do not seem to be aware of these um, digital banking. I think just before we started, I had somebody mm -hmm. send me a message because I just transferred money to somebody now. And somebody, one of my digital banks, and the person was asking me to please ah, come. You have to come and educate me on this thing. Or how did you do it? And these are young, these are young people. Wow. These are not these are not elderly people. These are young people, and I've over time I've seen that a lot of people are not aware of this thing. Young folks, and I was like, okay, you know what? I think for my listeners and people who actually interact with this podcast, it's time that we all get enlightened. Even I myself, I am I am becoming enlightened little by little. I mean, it's one of the major reasons why I follow your podcast, the FinTech Podcast. Really awesome. It, it is my go-to podcast for fintech right now because of um, how practical you can be in terms of breaking things down and talking about things. There are a, there are a lot of intelligent, subtle clickbait. Yeah, I let that word clickbait from you. There are lots of subtle <laughs> clickbait um, videos and episodes out there that if you are not um, able to pick things up quickly and fast, you actually think they're giving you something of value, but really they aren't. They aren't really telling you, they aren't really telling you anything at all. And um, you are still where you are before you listen to it. So um, let's let's look a little bit at um, digital banking. Without that, let's just look a little bit at digital banking and you know what is digital banking for those of us who are coming across it for the first time and have not heard of digital banking. Okay. Um, so and you know you're you're absolutely right about about the fact that young people don't really. Like young people, I mean, you know, us millennials and Gen Z, they're yeah. not really familiar with traditional banks. I mean, digital banks rather. And it's sad because I'm like, you guys are just allowing the bank to like, the traditional bank to like steal your money. Yeah. <laughs> because when I when I break down the figures, it's, you know, I remember I, I was I was invited to give a training on um, financial management and mm -hmm. When I was giving the training, I put like the, the traditional bank and the digital bank side by side. And I wrote, these are the charges for the traditional bank. And then these are the charges for the digital bank. Like, and then when people saw it, they were like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I love, you know, breaking it down on my podcast um, and enlighten people about this. Cause I learned about it really late. And I got, I became more like financially aware um, sometime in 2017. So it was, it's really nice to be able to like share this information with other people so that they don't make um, the same mistakes I made. So yeah. like back to your question though, on like, what is a digital bank? So, okay, well, my definitions are always simple. Uh, imagine a bank, but this time you don't have to leave your house to 
get yeah. banking services. All you have to do is pick your phone, open the digital banking app and like do all your banking transactions from your phone. So these are actually banks that don't have um, a fit. They're not like, they don't have a physical um, location or like a building where people can go and do things. Yeah. Where people can do bank related stuff. Everything yeah. takes place online everything takes place on the internet so you could you know transfer money you know obtain a loan all the things that you could do with your normal bank you could do them yeah. on with a digital bank but this time you don't have to leave your house so that's my simple definition of what a digital bank looks like so the reason why i love digital banks is just by their whole business structure you could tell that they have really low overhead cost so what yeah. that means is they don't have to pay for electricity. They don't have to pay rent for all their buildings and need to acquire buildings, you know, like, okay, look at the pandemic that happened now. Like everybody was working from home. Like a digital bank could be like you guys, like every member of staff um, of yeah. like this digital bank, you guys can work from home. Like they, cause they don't have to meet in a particular um, building um, in order mm -hmm. to carry out banking transactions. So, um, the beauty about them is that they don't have to pay like security guards or all that stuff. And so their operational costs are lo is low compared to your normal traditional banks like GTB, um, you know, I mean, GTB with their fine buildings. Like they don't have to think about where can no, I buy the next building. All the time, I love, I love the GTB architecture that, I mean, that I give it to them. Like, no GTB bank looks the same. So yeah. I, I'm always excited to see a different GTB bank because I love like art, I love architecture. So it's always exciting to see a different um, GTB bank, but I don't like banks at all. Like banks give me anxiety. I just hate walking into the bank. You can literally smell stress when you walk into a bank. It's really, it's really insane. So yeah. So digital banks don't have to don't have as much cost so they ha they can afford to like give you all these banking services without having to charge money like for example if you're going to put the banking charges with a um of a traditional bank side by side yeah. a digital bank you'll see that the digital bank has more often than not they don't charge anything yeah, they, they transfer. Don't yeah, like for example, um, the the digital bank I use is Kuda. So I use Kuda. Yeah. I use V Bank as well. So Kuda cool. does not. Yes. So Kuda gives you twenty five free transactions. Like you can more. bank trans tra exactly bank transfers. So and they always renew those free transfers. So let's say you've used. Let's say you have only ten free transfers in the month of March, they always replenish it with another 25, which is really cool. So you, at the end of the day, you probably would never um, spend a dime on bank transfers. Whereas a digit, whereas a traditional bank, they will charge you between 10 Naira 26 Kobo and 56 Naira 26 Kobo, depending on how much you're, you're transferring. Yeah. Um, and Receiving. Mm -hmm, exactly. For receiving now because that's the part that annoys me the most. <laughs> yeah. So um, it well, they're just following the law, which is which is sad. But like, 
you know. Yeah, through. because then, then you, when you when you talk about the difference in um, digital banks not having to pay for um, cost of building, maintenance, electricity, and stuff like that, I see. Okay, so the banking system have a lot to take care of, and then. Um, I guess uh, one could, uh, would we say, let us try and be understanding and say, okay, maybe that's one of the reasons for the the cost, the charges that we we keep getting, you know, from all transactions being made, if no transaction being done at all. Yeah, so, you know, that's like a totally different, you know, or, you know, different issue on its own, because if you look at, Okay, normally the bank is meant, most of the money a bank make ought to come from loans. So okay. how does this work? When a bank lends you money, there's always an interest like charged on it, right? So you're paying, whenever you're paying back the bank, you're paying them with interest. Okay. Okay. That interest ought to be like the income of the bank, right? But yeah. now we know in Nigeria that Nigerian banks don't give out loans like that. Oh, not everybody has access to loans. If not everybody have has access to loans, and the question is, where do banks get their money from? Bam. Do you get so like all these bank charges, all these like you know, <laughs> all these card maintenance? Like these are different places banks take earn money. So okay, you how many times do you withdraw from your account every month? How many times? Like. Okay, you use CUDA Bank, so you can tell. Um, I think I could with I could transfer at least maybe ten times a month, exactly. you know, depending on the transaction. So like, okay, let us say my transactions are above five thousand naira. So if you do ten times fifty six fifty six naira, that's the yeah. bank charges that a traditional bank would charge. So ten times fifty six naira is five hundred and sixty naira. From one person so multiply that by a million very that's a very huge sum yeah so i mean that is like i said that's like a totally different conversation on its own like you just see that because when the more you dig deep you start seeing that banks are like stealing from us little by little but we're like oh you know they have to pay salary of their workers oh you know let's just excuse them and this and that but they don't give you great services like you could be in the queue they could forget about you and all that and it's just like you know it's it's really it's really sad like for example um on my podcast so i like preparing um my podcast episodes in advance so i've been planning for an episode on my on worst banking experiences so people sent in their entries on like their worst banking experiences and like when I listened to these um, recordings, I was like, oh my gosh, like why are banks this way? I remember when I was in law school, I was literally almost stranded because yeah. when I would try to withdraw money from the ATM card on the campus, the bank deducted money, right? But oh. like I didn't get cash. Oh, and I that's can, all I, I had in my account. Oh shit, I can't relate. I can't and relate. That's all I, that, and that's all I had in my account and I'm like so I used to you know budget my you know feeding and all that like yeah. on a weekly basis so that was like my weekly withdrawal right and I withdrew it and that was all I had so like I I don't didn't know at that point I was like how am I gonna buy food like every day we have to buy material like I don't know what to do and 
it was just really crazy. I remember my sister, when I came back to the hostel, my sister, so I told my sister, my sister like immediately sent an email to the bank and was like, you know, if we don't revert the money, like, um, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna mention CBN. So my sister is good at that. Um, oh. they're like, so usually it takes you, take them about five working days before they can yeah. revert the money. Imagine five working days, my money, five working days. <laughs> I'm like, how do you want me to survive within uh, those five days? Um, so my sister, you know, she threatened them with CBN and all that. And, you know, in three days we got our money. <laughs> so, but like, it was, it was really, really crazy. Like banks don't treat you as customers like really they, well. They um, point where you were in school and, um, Maybe you have just 1,000 Naira late. That 1,000 Naira. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, tell yourself that, ah, okay, as I'm going here, I'll withdraw this 1,000 Naira. I was to do this. And then as you're going, you don't even get an alert, but you just slot in your card, and then you see insufficient balance. And then you check, you see 995 Naira left, or 950 Naira, or 940 Naira, and they don't want deduction of the other. Shit. Oh, God. Yeah, and then they'll... And they don't, they, the, and the ATM machine doesn't give you 500 Naira. At all, at all. And then you're left, you're left, standard. you're thinking of what to do as in my last 1,000. Or it might even be 2,000 Naira. And you said, okay, I want to use it to just do this. And then they, they have a way of always touching that money. And it's just really very annoying. And I think we've actually really suffered um, from that a lot. And people should, um, I know a lot of Nigerians most times are always fond of complaining and saying that this is bad, this structure is bad, the system is bad. But I think we have come to the point whereby we need to actually begin to look for solutions ourselves. Because if we keep mm -hmm. waiting on the government and other people to bring up new solutions for us, we are we are going to remain in that tight fix for a very long time. Like when you talked about loans now, and you know talked about the banks not giving out loans, you know we also have now we also have um, digital institutions now that also give out loans as well. You know yes, to people exactly. Five, 10, 15 minutes of signing up, things have become a lot more easier, and I think that people themselves need to start stepping up. And um, I think we just all just need to stop complaining and then start looking for ways to find a solution for our own selves and take um, our finances into find I'll take our finance affairs into our own hands at the end of the day. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. I think one of the one of the beautiful things about this um, finance apps, like you've mentioned, is the fact that the transactions on transaction fees on the or the fee, yeah the transaction fees on the things that we do on a daily basis transfer in and out is um you know it's totally free um signing up is easy like you mentioned kuda i remember when i signed up on kuda kuda is really easy to just sign up on um it's something that's done within minutes imagine if you so i went to gtp bank the other day because you know spotify is now available in nigeria right yeah yeah um i have been trying to pay for my subscription online with my card and it hasn't been working. So I went over oh to GT gosh. Allen and um, mm -hmm. they told me that a card is not valid for um, worldwide online transactions. To be able to do that, <laughs> I need to have a dollar account separately. And when I was given the process, oh Lord, shit. 
Yes, and you, you have to like deposit like a hundred dollars into that. Um, is it a dorm account? Is it a dorm account? Yeah, is it? It's. I think we call it a dollar account or something like that. Yeah, so I think the minimum deposit is like a hundred dollars, if I'm not mistaken. So you, I've not you, opened you, one, but like it's it's a lot. Just it's it's totally it's totally something else. And then of course I now discovered butter. Although I, I yes. have a you know, Bata was there and uh, they, they give you a card. And I think you also have, you also get a, you can also have an account whereby you can receive money also in USD as well. Then mm-hmm. uh, I also came across Carbon and um, all the other apps like that. So I think in terms of being practical as well, we have looked at traditional banks and really seen like, okay, traditional banks have these issues, they have that. But in order to be fair, um, I think we cannot say that um, the digital bank has no flaws completely. So while we have, yes, while we exactly. have and um, there is a huge benefit from going digital at the end of the day, um, I think there are there are cons to using a digital digital bank. And uh, what, what would you say those um, cons are? Yeah. So <laughs> you know it's. As much as I'm a huge fan of fintech, it they do have their downsides. And a simple example that I can really like hold on to is um, so you know we've been talking about CUDA now for a while. CUDA yeah. Bank has been going through a lot of issues this period. Um, so they had issues with their cards. So for those who are listening and they're CUDA bank holders, I'm sure they're like, oh, you know, it's not true that digital banks are good. I use CUDA and I've had issues. Yeah. So CUDA bank has been going through some with some issues yeah, with their, yeah, with their card. And um, I think it's because the card is not like they don't, they as CUDA don't produce the cards is produced by a third party. So um, I know that based on like, based on the newsletter that I read, if I'm not mistaken, they were talking about, um, about um, you know, finding a way of producing these cards themselves. So we, I mean, I get notifications on, you know, my CUDA account saying that, oh, this surface is down, you know, oh, it's back up, oh, it's down again, oh, it's back up. So like these things happen and it doesn't necessarily mean that the digital bank is bad. Yeah, um, because if you if you look at CUDA, you'll see that they they're like the digital bank that moved really fast. So what I'm seeing right now with CUDA is that they're moving very fast and they're trying as much as possible to um, be at the same level as our traditional banks, but digital. Like they want to get to the point where they can offer like wide range of banking services, Mm -hmm. but on a digital platform. So when you're going fast like that, um, you are bound to face a couple of hitches along the way. True that. But that doesn't mean that it's a downside to digital banks. You know, Um, another thing is, you know, we have not seen yet um, a digital bank that provides a company account. I'm looking forward to that time though. I believe that with time, we will start seeing digital banks like issue, like allow you to have company accounts, but like it's really, it is a process. Digital banking in Nigeria is young, so it's still developing and we need ambitious like 
um, digital banks like um, CUDA, like Sparkle, to Sparkle. you know rate continuously, yeah, to continuously like raise the bar for um, digital banking in Nigeria. So I can't really say that that is a downside, but the probability of you experiencing such hitches right now, especially at its early stage is high. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you should give up on your digital bank though, because when you do the math, it just, traditional banks don't make sense. Like just if, just by sitting down and doing the math, go back to your uh, text messages and check how many text messages you received from the bank and calculate all the charges for the month. You know, have you been charged by CUDA before? I've been using CUDA for like six or seven no, months now. No, I've I not being charged by CUDA like zero oh. zero zero so like See. it and and the best thing about uh, I know you're you were asking me about disadvantages but like I need to mention this that digital yeah. banks they have so much integrity and by integrity I mean they're accountable they will come up and be like guys we messed up our system isn't working the way we ex we want or we expected it to work but we're working on it how many times have you heard Access Bank, GTB, First Bank, literally say, oh, you know, to everybody who use our accounts, we're sorry, this thing happened, but we're working on it. Have you heard any of those banks say such thing? Never, oh, okay. I have never heard it. And I've been, using, um, I've been using Access Bank since I was in university, and that's like, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago. So like, I have not received one apology like, Oh, you know, we're sorry. You know, we will endeavor to do better. No, no, they don't—they don't tell you that. Exactly, they don't tell you that. I mean, do you remember the time when, um, you know, the pandemic was still really heavy, like the the whole precaution and everything? Do you remember how yeah. like people were treated at the gate? These are customers. These are legit paying customers and they're treated like trash. Like I, I can literally see the footage in my eyes, like the way they were being pushed out of the gate, the way they were fighting. And these are customers. Even without, even without COVID, COVID and all COVID, um, like people, uh, customers are always treated like trash when they go to the bank by the customer service representatives, the, the staff. I mean, you want to, you want to withdraw money from your own account. You want to make transactions. And then you're spoken to in a very rude manner. And sorry, but I will come back to G GTV as well. GTV stars, <laughs> especially, for, especially for those in Benin. I remember when, um, at the time I was in school, I made a transaction, something like that. I think about 10,000 naira or 20 or so. And um, it deducted me. I was debited for that transaction. But thankfully, they sent a message came in and said um, there was an error, a text message. So a text message uh -huh. came in, there was an error, but at the same time, the money was still debited. And um, okay, mm -hmm. I think I was trying to I was trying to make a transfer to an to an access bank account. That was what I was trying to do. And then so I go to the bank. I think it happened on a Friday. Then I go to the bank on a Monday. And knowing um, how knowing how banks are, I go there with a very determined look, a very stern face, ready to ready to fight war. And then um, I entered. <laughs> you know, I said uh, I knew they were going to try and toss me around. You know, um, please go to Access Bank and let them write you a letter and let them come back. And the guy was, you know, when somebody's answering you flippantly not giving you uh, his, his or attention and doing something else like, just go and do this and leave, 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 leave. And you know, 
I had to knock the table, get his attention. And everybody was looking at me like, Mr. Man, this is the text message I got. I have no business with Access Bank. Your bank sent me a message that this was an error. But at the same time, you debited me. I want this money refunded back and I want this transaction fixed. If you need to send a mail to Access Bank, you send a mail to Access Bank. I have nothing to do with that. You cannot be sending me to Access Bank. I'm not your errand boy. When you yourself sent me a debit yes. error message. So take care of this transaction. Give me a stipulated time. I don't mind if you tell me two, three working days, four working days, seven working days, and I will come back in that amount of days. But when I come back, I want the error fixed. Do not toss me back. Do not tell me, okay, ah, it's not done. Come back in another seven days. I will not take that. And I will give you guys hell in this mm -hmm. bank. I said, you are within the school premises. Do not try me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and of course, yes. there were students there me on and everything. And, uh, and funny enough, that issue was fixed quickly before the seven days. The, the error was fixed. So sometimes it's something like they could fix, but then they treat you. Do you in see? So like, why all, why the delay? I, I don't know. You see, sometimes eh, some of these errors are something that they can solve, but they just flippantly toss it around. I have some friends that work in the bank, and then you hear of how I beg me, I'm busy, I'm tired, and they just toss it around and just flip it around. And, you know, honestly speaking, I really wouldn't blame them as well sometimes, because when you get to hear of how the bank also treats them, it's one reason why they don't really take the job seriously. And so it's they have this um, attitude of, not be my papa company and uh mm -hmm. they, but then but then again going back like when you were talking about the you know disadvantages in quotes of um, digital banking and some experience with CUDA in the sense that i was unable to withdraw with the card and i was unable to send but when i was going through that they actually sent me a message and then you could see that they would send you a message and say okay sorry we are unable to do this at the moment we are trying to fix this right now unlike um, other traditional banks that really wouldn't tell you anything and you really wouldn't know what is going on. But um, we cannot really have exactly. a subject. And um, things will, I was pissed off at first, honestly speaking, but uh, I, I looked at the whole thing. I mean, they are still doing way better, way better than the traditional banks, you know? And I guess that um, issues will come up from time to time, which is what we experience with traditional banks. So it's, um, it's just for one to be totally understanding. So with that said, Mary, exactly. Falls, I mean, and when you look, when you look at the, so um, when you look at, sorry to cut you short, like when you look yeah. at the history of banks, like banks have been in existence for, years for mm -hmm. so many years like they've had mistakes they had to perfect it like the banks we see now was several years of mistakes several years of corrections so yeah. like and digital banks like to have come this soon and are making waves and solving major major problems um like it's commendable really yeah, it, it is. It, it, really, it really is commendable, you know. And um, I think for those who would be entering into the waters as um, fresh fish, these are the things that um, you have to bear in mind as well. And so that you don't just um, blow up and say, ah, they're like traditional banks and the rest, you know. But for a fresh fish, you know, who is jumping into the water, um, somebody who is used to traditional banks and then wants to go into a digital bank, what would be your advice? What app would you recommend? How would you recommend they start out? What should they do? 
I mean, just like somebody asked me and said, somebody specifically asked me today and said, oh, how do I go about CUDA? You know, so that tells you that people don't have any idea mm -hmm. on how about these things. Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, I would always start with, first of all, understanding where you're at right now. Um, because it's only when you understand where you're at right now, the position you are in right now with your traditional bank, that's how you will better able to uh, appreciate the digital bank that you're going to enter into. So I would start with, first of all, asking your, you know, finding out from your traditional bank, what is the current interest rates on your savings account? And it sounds really silly because I'm sure saw a lot of people are like, no, I want to get into the digital bank right now. Um, but just understanding this simple exercise, just doing this simple exercise will help you appreciate what you're about to enter into. So, I mean, I did the research for you. So like, okay, typical savings account is between two to 3%, depending on the bank. Um, yeah. that's for, that's for a savings account. And then for a fixed deposit. So a fixed deposit, um, the minimum deposit for a fixed deposit account is a hundred thousand. Not everyone has a hundred thousand to put in their savings account, but like in case you do, and you have a fixed deposit account in your traditional bank, it's, the interest rate is about, I think, five to 6%. So now that you have these numbers, the next thing you need to do is, okay, I wanna get into a digital bank. What does the digital bank offer me when I get into it? So that's where you start your research because we have a lot of other digital banks. We have the earliest digital bank in Nigeria is Alat by Wema. Uh, we don't hear of them much now, <laughs> but like, they were the earliest digital banks. We have Ruby, we have CUDA, we have um, V by VFD, we have Sparkle and um, a host of others. Yeah. So find out, so find out what digital banks are available and then find out what their interest rate is on their savings account. You can send a message to them. You can send them a tweet, a DM. They're very active on social media. So they'll be happy to answer. Or you could like literally download their app and just go to their customer care section and ask them. Some of them have phone numbers on their website. You can ask them. So CUDA Bank, their um, interest rate on their savings account, I think is about 5%. As you can see right from the bat, it's three about 3% 3 higher than what you get in a traditional bank. Mm -hmm. Then the next thing, next thing you'll do yeah, exactly. And the next thing you do is to find out what charges each of these digital banks have. Um, that way you will be narrowing down which ones you want to work with. So V by VFD, which was the first digital bank I tried, although most of their services, um, although like they don't really charge so they don't have like so many charges like the traditional bank does, they do have some unique charges of their own. For example, V by VFD, they don't have an ATM card. So okay. um, what the way that you can withdraw money from VFD is through um, all these like, um, I think all these pin, like there's a number that they generate or this code that they generate. And then whenever you want to withdraw money from that, um, using that pin code, you are charged a hundred Naira per transaction which mm. when I found out it was like really expensive to me, like that's two times 
what I would have paid with a traditional bank. So yeah. that helped me know that if I'm going to use V by VFD, I probably will not um, withdraw money from this account using an ATM machine. So like ask, finding out what these unique charges are, like for example, if you're going to use um, V bank to uh, pay for your NEPA bill, they charge, I think about a hundred Naira per transaction or something like that. Kuda bank, they don't have such charges from they their card, from their card maintenance, exactly from the card maintenance to their withdrawals. They don't have such um, fees, but like they give you free 25 um, transfers but when in a month, but if you per chance exhaust those transfers, you will be charged 10 Naira per transfer. So oh, cheap. Yes. When you, ex when you, exactly. So you wouldn't have known this if you did not go and find out, um, all these charges. So find, so step one is to find out what your, how much, like, what is the interest rate that your traditional bank charges? Step two is to find out the interest rates that, um, other digital yeah. banks charge so you can compare. And then step three would be find out what their charges are like. So you have a clear idea of the things you can and cannot do with your digital bank. And then um, step four would then be to read through um, the Google Play Store or the Apple's, uh, the App Store to find out what people are saying about the app. app. So okay. there was one time when I was like just, you know, I was just chilling on Google, on the Google Play Store. And I was curious um, about a lot by Wema. So I, w I just went to um, a lot by Wema to find out what, you know, what the rating is and what are the comments and every, I mean, what people are saying, the reviews that people are dropping. And I saw that there were so many negative reviews about um, transfers and stuff like that. So that helped me have an idea that this bank isn't really good with transfers, that that hitch is, yeah. you know, is something that they've not yet corrected. So the next, so that means the step that's, I think that step four would be to go through the app store and check what people are saying about the, um, the app. Oh. And then, or if you know somebody who is using the app, call them, find out exactly what their experience is like. I get a lot of calls from people who are like, Hey Mary, I want to use this bank. Like, what are your thoughts on it? And we speak, we can go on for like hours. Like I know, I know, I know I'm going to tell you every the single pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, please do. And like, for those who are listening, you can always send me um, a DM on Twitter or Instagram, and I'll be happy to answer your questions with regards the apps that you um, want to try out. So like ask people and then from there you can dive in and start using the application. So it's always different for different people, but more often than not, when you follow these steps, you will find the perfect um, digital bank for you. Oh, wow. That, well, th thanks a lot. I think that um, that would really be helpful because I think the way you have atomized it out is good. Um, you started by making people understand that you have to do your own research for yourself so that you don't go off on another person's, um, you know, ideas or opinion. And then uh, when it doesn't work out, you feel that, oh, this person has misled me, you know. 
And I think it's it's actually very important that people learn how to research things for themselves, to <laughs> yeah. get a general idea and overview of this app before actually plunging into it. Yeah, notwithstanding, there are some people that, you know, you take them at their word instantly and then just jump straight into using it. But um, it's it's really good to always do your research because even though sometimes um, I have we have realized that um, the person who is saying do this sometimes might not even have a proper um, information. You know, I think mm-hmm. I I made that mistake one time when I huh, I won't say I I won't say I I, I blew about two hundred dollars, but um, well, well, wow. let's just say that's, that's still, a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, right? Well, let's just see that some some funds are still coming in, but. Um, I, I failed to make the proper research myself because um, I just took the word of the person completely. And it wasn't because the person gave me, deliberately gave me false information, but that person also didn't have a full understanding of the whole picture. So it, it's important that you, you know, do your full research. So um, I, I think we've actually really been able to break it down and look at the reasons why a lot of um, people need to start looking into digital buying. And I think that, um, you know, one way, I didn't know that it was recently that um, after we had scheduled our meeting that I discovered that April was a financial literacy month. So I said, man, okay, I was in connection already. Oh, so on point, so on point. I'm telling you, because I was like, you know, I think that my podcast is just a place whereby people just can come in and then learn various things and um, be impacted in one way or another. Because I know that personally and myself, I have been looking for a way to improve on my finances. And um Thank you so much for really taking out the time to join me and then talk about this banking system and how people can move from traditional banks to to digital banks. I believe that it's really been eye-opening for those who want to learn and, um, you know, those who want to move. And for those listening, uh, Mary Imasue is a wonderful person. I she has like she said earlier she has a podcast called the fintech podcast and talking about financial literacy for the month of April right a lot of other things that come to mind are savings and investments and stuff like that which I'm thinking of maybe possibly doing but for those of you who are just still entering into that you have digital loans but in terms of savings right now um, you can head over to the fintech podcast okay Mary has done some very wonderful episodes on um, on savings and investment, the apps to use. Her two episodes back, she talked on how to how she saved almost half a million naira. Now I know that when people see that episode, they go bonkers. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that was like the highest listened episode right now. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I- <laughs> I'm not surprised. And she talks about and she talks on how she does it completely all with all on piggy vest. Piggy vest. Yeah. And um, I think I told you one time that I had a bad experience with piggy vest because of their customer care, whatever. But I'm hoping that they have um they have also rectified that. Also, maybe yeah, so- okay. Oh, um, sorry to cut you short there. So like, um, yeah, I heard that piggy vest customer care isn't that great, but like there are so many other savings platforms. So we have, um, Cowrie wise, we have, um, crowdy vest, 
Um, then some people use um, Carbon as a savings platform. Like I use it to save as well. I so like, to borrow money. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. never used the. I've never tried to borrow money from Carbon. Like maybe I should ask you about the experience, your experience later on. But like yeah. I use it, I use Carbon to save. Like their interest rates are quite good too. So if you're having a bad experience with PiggyVest, because I've some of my friends had bad experiences with PiggyVest too. But like you can totally, if you listen to that ep- episode that I did on the fintech X, you will see that um, the same strategy I use can be uh, replicated on other savings platforms. Other savings platform, exa- exactly what was going through my mind. It can it can be replicated on other saving platform. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, Piggyverse. For those who are not comfortable with Piggyverse and have had bad experiences with Piggyverse, I think I have used CarryWise. CarryWise is okay. Um, only that once you lock your money. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's going to be locked for a long while. There is no no turning back until the stipulated date of um of when that money is to be uh, made accessible to you, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, I think another beautiful thing again you talk about your podcast is um you review apps, big knob. I actually, I've actually put some money into BitNob and... Um, Yay, that's so good. No doubt, you know. And guys, when I'm talking about going to... One thing I love about your podcast, talking about that now for people listening, is that um, you are practical. Your practicality is... Um, let me use... Uh, permit me to use the word delicious. <laughs> oh, wow, that that's, weird, that's flattering. <laughs> No, I'm see- because when I listen to when I listen to I'm 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 not I'm not I'm not flattering you. When I listen to your episode on how you were able to save half a million in your in your piggy vest, you talked about actually how much you put in monthly. Now yeah. if if there were other if there were other people that were to do that episode, they would be very subtle about it and said, you know, I put a small money in and I just did this. They really wouldn't tell you how much they put in. They wouldn't really give you a step by step process. So um, you even the other episode on the the other lady that came that talked about finance too when she was in NYSE, I mean it was so practical that we are able to understand that see this is the level of income that most of us get as Nigerians and then um, we are not all of the same level yeah we all earn um, differently our finances are not the same and you were so practical about it. You said, okay, for some people, they might be able to actually hit that goal in less time than you did, or some people that actually might, actually might you know, take more time depending on their earnings. Now, that's some of the very practical. That's, you know, that's a down-to-earth conversation that one can you know, relate to it. And I love that kind of um, practicality. So somebody can really get in touch with your podcast. And from li- listeners that know this podcast and people that know me personally, I am a very blunt person, and if somebody's um, podcast is bad, you know when I started out my podcast there, and I talked about somebody else's podcast, somebody else approached me and said, hey, you shouldn't have talked about somebody else's podcast, and I was like, no, I'm the kind of person that if I see something and I feel that it is good, I would recommend it to other people. There's something called a healthy competition and unhealthy competition. There is, yeah. there is a difference between both, both of them, you know, and... Um, if you, for those who do not have an idea about your finances, you're going into digital banking, into your, you want to digitalize your finances, investments, stuff like that. You want to key into the FinTech um, podcast. So 
Mary, if any of our listeners, um, okay, but before we do that, Mary has a wonderful gift for us. I've been thinking of how I am going to give out these gifts, you know? I think we discussed it earlier on before we started. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know how I'm always telling all my listeners, check the show notes of the episode, check the show notes of the episode. I want to find out if you guys are actually listening and uh, how many of you have actually, you know, how many, how many of you actually turn on notifications when the episodes come out. So it would be on a first basis and there are only four slots available, right, Mary? Yeah, only four slots available right. for the free um, personal finance calls. Okay, so uh, but let's let's just talk a little bit about um, what the gift is all about or what is included in the gift. So okay. uh, in the gift, the first thing I see is the FinTech Digest. Yes, so the FinTech X Digest um, is, you know, it's really a collection of what I use, like apps I'm using for the month of April, like the ones I'm using heavily. Um, Cause people yeah. always ask like, what apps are you using? So I, I use a lot of FinTech apps, but like I listed the ones I'm using heavily and how I use them. And then I also spoke about my um, finance goal this month. So for those who are into, or think how I've been thinking about investing. So my finance goal is related to invest investing. So I talk a little bit about how I'm planning to go about it and also yeah. apps that I'm trying out. And um, the one, my favorite part about the digest really is the list of money affirmations at the end. So um, what I tell a lot of people is that you can know all the information around savings and investment and your personal finance. But like, if you do uh -huh. not have a good relationship with money, there's no way that you're going to make more money, um, you know, than you would have ever imagined. Because if you believe you, if you believe like, ah, it's a lie, I can never make this amount of money in my life. Right. You're right. You yeah. can't. So a lot mm -hmm. of people are moving around with negative money beliefs. So April is dedicated to working on your money beliefs. So I have some um, affirmations that will help you with your money belief. And I went deeper by breaking down the meaning of these affirmations so that when you say them out loud, um, the meaning will ring, you know, deeply into you. So it's, it's really a, an amazing um, collection of, you know, nuggets of information yeah, on finance. I, I, I have I have gone through it myself and it is a, I'm going to be it's something that I'm going to be using myself personally. No jokes. No oh, jokes. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> that makes and me then, so happy. Uh, yeah. Then she also has in that gift as well um is a free 45 minute personal finance call. So uh people who the first four lucky people get a free 45 minutes finance call with you. Only four slots available. Yes. <laughs> yes, only four slots available. So this call is like, you know, for those people who are like, man, I need to get my shit together with my money. Like, yeah. I need to start getting serious about this whole savings and investment thing. Or like, for those people who are like, I'm just tired. Like, I I earn this month of amount this much every month, but like at the end of the month, I don't know where it disappeared to. So like mm. that call, yeah, that call is for them so we talk oh, me about <laughs> yes i'll love to you know hop on a call with you that'll be super awesome so like for those so what i do is i 
you know, listen to what you've been doing so far. And then we talk about how much you're earning and what we can, what your goal is and how we can get there. And mm. I could do some app recommendations as well. Then yeah. I would, you know, based on our conversation, I'll, you know, obviously pick out on like pick up some of your beliefs around money. I may help like identify those beliefs around money for you so that you can consciously work through them on that call. So it's a really like, it's a deep dive intensive call on like getting your shit together with money, which is really fun. Um, you know, it's not, it's going to be fun. Like I throw in a lot of jokes too. So <laughs> it's not like one of those boring calls. <laughs> <laughs> it's a call that I'm looking forward to personally myself because I need to get my finance in order. I really need to get my shit in order. So another, another um, gift you also have here is um, a 30% off on your bus call money beliefs. Yes. Yeah, so it's a um, bus money belief. You bust your like negative beliefs bus around money. Oh, yeah. So um, like I said, having a really good relationship with money is key. Um, a lot of people like, okay, you know, from the ages of zero to seven, we were taught our money beliefs by our parents, by our circumstances. Like some of us who are listening to this um, podcast right now, when we were a child, we probably heard our parents fight over money. And in our mind, we're like, oh my gosh, if, if my parents are fighting over money, that means money is bad. And so you grew up believing that money is bad. And you probably say, say things like, oh, money is the root of all evil or, you know, money is not important or um, money. I, you know, I don't want to like, it even affects your personal relationships with your, you know, your partner and be like, oh, I don't want to get into this relationship because you know, when money enters now, everything is going to get messed up. Like these are all negative beliefs around money. And of course, if you have a negative belief around money, right, your everything about you will um, confirm that belief. So even if money yeah. is flowing in, your negative belief around money is going to push that money away. No matter how much you desire that money, if you believe that money is bad, it will not come to you. So people don't personalize their relationship with money. And so on that call, what I do is we're going to identify your negative beliefs around money and work on those negative beliefs so that you can get past those negative beliefs and then attract money to flow in. Like, because when, by the time you realize what your negative beliefs are, the speed at which money will come to you will, you know, totally surprise you. And I'll give you a quick example. So for mm -hmm. as long as I could remember, I thought that in order for you to, in order for me to have money, I had to work very hard. I was like, I have to, you know, spend long hours. So legit, there's no joke. I used to sleep at 4 a.m. almost every day because mm -hmm. I was like, I need to work so hard. I want to, you know, um, make a lot of money and this and this and this. Because in my head, I believe that in order for me to get more money, I need to work really hard. Um, but what happened was that belief was pushing money away from me because I equated um, hard work to like, I, I only found myself worthy of money when I worked hard. So then when I realized this, this limiting belief, I told myself, okay, I'm going to change this belief right now. And so I decided that even if I don't do anything, money will flow. So 
when I worked on that mindset, the money will flow even if I don't do anything. Like now we're, we're doing this um, podcast episode, right? Yeah. Money can come into your account right now. Like you could just receive an alert. I mean, that was the belief that I was trying to like put into my head. So after working on myself for a while, which was like, I could say in less than two weeks, I reduced the amount of work I was doing and money was just flowing. In fact, I made more money doing less work than I ever did um, working all night. So, and I, I didn't do extra marketing. I didn't do, you know, I didn't do extra marketing. I didn't tell anybody about my services, but like I was receiving more money doing less work because I shifted that negative belief around money. And that's what I want to help you do on this call. On this call. Wow. Um, me, I'm looking forward to my own call. I don't know about the local listeners or those that miss out. If you miss out, sorry, Sarah, yeah, miss out, yeah, miss out. please don't come and meet me and begin to ask me and say, ah, that's your foul. Uh, uh, I did not get that thing on time or I listened late to it. It's not my fault. <laughs> That's just it. That's just really just it. So thank you so much. You, you, so uh, we've got three gifts in one PDF file. Three gifts in one PDF file. Um, the link would be in the show notes of this episode. So those of you who always listen to me when I say check the show notes of this episode for so and so, um, and those who listen to this on time, as soon as the episode drops, and listen to the end because. Um, some person might just listen halfway and just jump off. But for those who stay to the end, you know, there's this thing about just staying on and staying to the end because you never know, you never know um, what could happen. You know, uh, they say it's the end that matters. So therefore, those are the ones that will get it. But then again, I'm sure that um, some listeners would want to um, connect with you, would want to interact with you. Um, sorry, they are not privileged to have your personal contact like I do. So... <laughs> How, they, how can they reach you? Oh, awesome. So um, you could reach me on Twitter or on Instagram. So my personal Twitter handle and Instagram handle all the, are the same. It's Mary underscore Imaswen. That's Mary, M-A-R-Y underscore I-M-A-S-U-E-N on both Instagram and um, Twitter. And then you can also follow my podcast, The Fintech X on um, Twitter and Instagram using the handle at the fintech X that's at T H E F I N T E C H X. Yeah. Awesome. 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 So link to connect with Mary would be left in the show notes of this episode. So if you didn't get that completely, you can just check the show notes, click the link and, um, for whichever one, because I found out that some of my listeners don't like Twitter. Some like Twitter, some don't, some prefer Instagram. So on whatever platform you prefer, you can just um, connect with her and message her and then she will respond to you. Trust me, she will. She will. But if you <laughs> enter her DM and you say, oh, Mary, oh my God, you're so fine. I like your voice. I'm in love with your voice. Would you mind going out with me? Anything you see, take on like that, though. <laughs> You oh my that. gosh. Oh God. So Mary, thank you so much. Thanks once again. Um, I know that I am going to drag you again on this podcast for one topic. Um, because I know that awesome. I am personally closely and watching and following you closely. So I know that um you um you're going to definitely come back on the show again and we are going to discuss something um Wonderful. What is going on in my mind right now is my own um, personal call with you because I have some investment that I have in my head. I want to discuss my own finances, Sha. So, 
I think I'm looking forward to our call. Me, ah, same here, same here, big time, man. So I think um, we have, um, you know, done an incredible and wonderful um, session today. And for those listening, thank you so much for staying to the end. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, with that, I will see you guys on, or see you guys here. I cannot see you. I will talk to you on the next episode. So bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>